Hello, my name is Vince Ricciopo, and I am president of the Center for Expert Performance, Inc. Today, our conversation is with Dave Masello, who is the owner and president of Talent Acquisition and Management, LLC. Dave has authored a distinctive approach to leadership development called the Mentor Series. It's a program that truly works. Unlike theoretical approaches to leadership growth, Dave has created a practical, easy-to-use way to ensure that an organization creates leaders. So, Dave, welcome. And first of all, and this may seem to be an obvious question, why pay attention to leadership development at all? So, your question. The answer, I think, comes uh, from a friend of ours who's in talent development and she says there are three reasons that you develop leaders one to be able to sustain the organization into the future two to build a strong bench those two are probably related and the third is to make sure that when you are producing results that you're doing it in the most effective and efficient ways possible when you say making sure that you do in the best possible ways or or efficient ways, can you elaborate a little bit on that? As you know, I've uh, I've had some experience as a chief financial officer, and it's always part of the job of the CFO to produce financial statements, and everybody gets to look at the numbers. When the numbers are good, when they're what you want everybody breathes a sigh of relief and says, this is a good thing. The problem is that no one may know exactly what it took to produce the numbers. In accounting, we have an old uh, saying, a balance sheet that's off by a penny could be off by a penny, and it could be off by a million dollars worth of mistakes. So if you don't understand what made the results you're looking at possible, then you don't understand what the organization and the people who work in it had to do to produce that result. That, for me, is the key issue for leadership. Leadership's job isn't to be a scorekeeper and just look at the end result and then take pride in the fact that they got the number they wanted. Their real job is to pay attention to what did everybody have to do, go through, experience, in order to get that job done. And what you may find is that it wasn't very efficient or very effective at all. One of the things I've noticed too is that from our clients are saying that part of the biggest issue that they have is that there's not enough leaders coming up the pike. You talked about bench strength here. Have you noticed that too, that we're not getting the kind of leaders that we used to get? I wonder if you could comment on that a little bit. Well, we're not. and. It's not because people coming into the workforce aren't well-trained, educated, smart, interested, energetic, enthusiastic. It's because we, we're not training them. My experience, because I'm old enough to have had people who might have been called a mentor, although the people who trained me never called themselves mentors, their role, their purpose, not because somebody told them, but because they recognized an obligation to develop the people around them. Those people took me and said, 
Come with me, I'll show you what to do. The training was done in the workplace, in real life situations. No matter what I had learned in school or in seminars and webinars, it didn't matter. The real issue was how were you gonna turn around and make that behavioral for me so I could actually demonstrate that knowledge back in the workplace. That's what these people did. They didn't know they were doing that. They, they, they didn't come out of the training model or the talent development model. But remember, um, so much of my experience was in the healthcare world in training hospitals. And guess how you trained a medical school graduate to be a specialty physician? You said, come with me, I'm gonna show you what to do. So what I think I'm hearing you say is that first of all, we have to make sure that we're getting the results for the organization in the most effective way, efficient ways that are causing the least damage to the organization. And I'm also hearing you say that the bench strength is suffering in many organizations because we're not seeing the kind of, I guess it's kind of a mentorship, apprenticeship of leaders in an organization. They're just not being, hey, come with me and we'll show you where to go. Obviously, when you do all these things, then the company is sustained and can grow and develop. As you mentioned, you got a background in as a CFO and, and hospital president. And you you touched on it just a second ago about how training is different from training physicians. I wonder if you could comment a little bit more about why is that important and how does it relate to leadership? In graduate medical education, the purpose of it, the primary goal of it is for the residents to achieve sufficient competence to deliver safe and effective patient care when they enter into practice. Said maybe more simply, we're gonna to certify to the world that this physician is now capable of doing what it is we've trained them to do. And they become an independent operator able to do that work on their own competency and capability. In the world of leadership development, the primary goal of leadership training is to deliver important information to a person being trained and then the system is different than what happens in medicine. Because then we all seem to just watch to see what this person will do with the information they've been given. The information is terrific. The presentations are wonderful. And yet we don't go to the final step that medicine goes to, or for that matter, training electricians or airline pilots goes to. And that is helping the individual take all that knowledge and convert it to behavior so that when we're done with them in the training, they actually have competency. I think that's where it gets so different when we talk about leadership training. Yeah, and so today you're, you're saying that leadership programs only go so far. Leadership development programs only go so far. They only go so far as to help people 
understand what they should do. And then there is this wait and watch to see if they're actually doing it. There is not the apprenticeship process or mentorship process that should go on in organizations. Could you describe a little bit about how the mentor series takes care of that? How does it differ from traditional training? Uh, the mentor series has no outside content, meaning we're not going to ask you to read a couple of books, uh, five or six articles, attend webinars, listen to seminars or broadcasts or even podcasts like you and I are doing now. The focus of the mentor series is on this conversion process through which we want to take all the knowledge and competency that an individual brings to the leadership position they're in and help them identify all of those skills and then apprentice them in how to use those skills in the workplace. Our belief in the mentor series is people already own competency to be a good leader. The real issue is, is that much of that competency, they didn't learn at work. They learned it in all kinds of other experiences in their life. And what we wanna be able to do is have that person take advantage of all of that competency. Now, I, I realize that there's a school of thought that all you need to do is make the person aware. And then you say to them, why don't you do in this situation what you did in another situation? But you come out of the world of psychology. You've helped me learn a great deal about how the, the psychological human operates. That isn't how this works. We, we, we don't even know what that is, that method that we learned. How would I explain it maybe in a, a little more? Sure. Let me give you this example. If you and I are learning CPR, we learn the entire algorithm start to finish. And before we are certified, we have to demonstrate competency in using the steps in the algorithm. It's that simple. Take me to anything in leadership and show me an equivalent method of training and certifying, and you won't find it. Well, and, you're yeah, you're absolutely right on that one. Absolutely right. And we seem to treat leadership like it's some this romantic capacity, like some people have it and some people don't. Are leaders born and not made? I mean, we've been asking that about athletes forever, right? And other great, where we have great examples of humans really performing is the, in, in an excellent or great fashion. We seem to ignore is that, here, an example, listening is often considered one of the traits of a good leader, right? Right. So you're, you're talking to a 15-year-old, I'll give an example, a 15-year-old at um, a local high school where I, I sometimes do uh, some of the training for the incoming freshmen. When you ask them if they know how to listen, all you have to do is ask them, do you listen to music? Well, just about every hand in the room goes up. When you're listening to music, the song that really gets to you, what are you doing? Well, I block everything out. I really pay attention 
just to the music or to the rhythm or to the lyrics or what the guitar is doing. It, it is amazing how sophisticated the learning process has become. It's just sitting there inside listening to music. Our contention in the, in the mentor series is that that person could teach us the mechanics of that listening, that is the algorithm of that listening. And once they've taught us how smart they are and capable they are, we merely want to help them bring that very same capability over to the workplace. They didn't have to learn a thing. You know, I, I, already think, I think that's very, very, very interesting. I was thinking about one of the clients that you and I uh, worked with at uh, one one of our organizations, and she was known as someone who was not a very good listener. She frequently interrupted, frequently diverted her eyes away or activity away, indicating that she wasn't paying attention. And I remember the conversation that we had with her and asking her, well, you have children? She said, yes, I have children. And you you asked her, do you listen to children and how do you do it? And she says, well, I'm quiet and I hear everything they say and I have good eye contact and I reflect what they've said. And you said then, so why do you do that? And she said, because if I don't do it that way, they won't tell me everything I need to know. And there, I remember this look on her face after that, just an epiphany appeared. And she said, oh, well, maybe I should start doing that with my clients and with my colleagues and with my direct reports. And that might be useful. And we said, well, yeah, it might be. So there's another example of being able to, to repurpose a skill set or capacity that's in one area in, into a, a, an, another. In our next podcast, we'll discuss the crucial leadership development steps of the mentor series. In the meantime, if you wish to contact us, feel free to email Dave. His email address is dave at the mentor series. That's T H E M E N T O R S E R I E S dot org. We hope you will join us on our next podcast.